There is a way out of voicemail hell and chatbot hell. The question is, can financial institutions lead the way out? This week on Bankadelic. From the studios of Karma Productions Worldwide in Chicago, this is Lou Carlozo's Bankadelic. Bankadelic, the colorful side of finance, where we supply expert views, riff on the news, innovate and investigate, actionable insights, unscripted banking with a caffeine kick. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, inviting you to sit back, grab a cuppa, kick up your feet. Here we go. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Bankadelic. I am having fun. Hope you're having fun listening and learning a little bit. I have a lot to learn. <laughs> anyway, coming in from Smyrna, Georgia, we have Lee Weatherington. And Lee is the Director of Strategic Insight for Jack Henry and Associates, Inc. Jack Henry is a leading provider of technology solutions primarily for the financial services industry. And Lee, you are up. Welcome to Bankadelic. Thank you, Lou. It's really good to be here. I am in sweatpants. I'm assuming you are in yoga pants, and that's why they call it Lululemon, right? Is that the way that goes? Purple yoga pants. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm a huge Prince fan. That yeah. makes me excited. You're halfway there to do a Prince tribute. So, Yeah, well, you know, my name is Prince and I am funky. <laughs> <laughs> You're my kind of guy. This is going to be fun. I think this is something you can answer to. I was on a financial website and I got a chatbot and I keyed in a question to the chatbot that I really thought could help. And instead of help, I got this canned response. This touches on the difference between personal and personalization. Chatbots just can't solve these kinds of problems. Yeah. So you've really given the best real world example of the limits we're running into hard in the context of this pandemic. The problem that we're seeing now come into starker relief is that we have historically always defined digital as self-service. And that's problematic for a lot of reasons, but those reasons are now clear and conspicuous to everybody. That's the silver lining of this pandemic. What I mean by that is just like in that experience you had with the chatbot, we usually design self-service, really have to design self-service around the averages algorithms churn through all of this data. We do a pretty good job of the basics, but as soon as we get into the periphery of things where the limits of self-service exhaust quickly, and you have a question that that particular algorithm has never seen before, that that natural language processing cannot really recognize or intuit the intent behind, you get into user experiences that are not only not productive, they are maddening. They you know, make people angry. They make people want to take up physical violence against the provider or the organization <laughs> providing that chatbot. You know, we've had this forever inside interactive voice response systems. And it's been around so long now that we just know it's pain. From the moment we make a phone call and someone other than a human picks up, we just know this is going to suck and we're just going to have to deal with it and we're going to start immediately tapping zero, 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 zero. My favorite thing to do in airports was to have flights canceled. I loved that because I would find a seat somewhere wherever the biggest group of angry people were after a flight was canceled. And I would try to sit next to 
people or a person that I knew was calling the airlines to get a remedy to this canceled flight because I knew exactly how it's going to go every time, you know, Atlanta. No, no, Atlanta. Okay, wait, let me try that. Atlanta. Atlanta. No, no, representative, representative, representative. <laughs> and it goes that way every time. And let me put chatbots in stark relief. You will never have a phone call between two real live people, a support call between two real human beings. And in the middle of that, have the person with the problem scream, chatbot, chatbot, like they want to go from the human conversation to a chatbot. That never happens, right? But the opposite always happens because we design to the averages. The way we've done technology in banking for the last 50 years has been primarily to leverage it for the purpose of self-service, to optimize headcount, right, to reduce costs. But from a user experience standpoint, it was bad. Now, when these otherwise mundane interactions become meaningful and exceptional, it is a nightmare that's happening. These mega banks, by the way, that over the last decade have pared back their staffing to a tenth of what it was, they're not there to answer the calls now that are flooding those call centers. It sounds like chatbots are in a way voicemail hell 2.0. What can community banks do? What can we do that will punch through this problem and provide real service that also makes the most of strained resources? The answer to this problem came into live production two years ago from two different groups. It was the first time in the history of bank technology that technology was used to make digital personal instead of just relegating it to self-service. Between one and 200 banks and credit unions around the country that have now made this real, what I'm about to describe to you, where you're inside of any digital banking application with a balance in your head. You get in there and you see a balance that is nowhere near what the balance was in your head. You then begin scanning through the last few transactions to figure out what went wrong. You then find two or three transactions that are completely alien to you. You are now at the moment of need. You just want to talk to a real live person, preferably somebody locally that you know, that you have history with, that you have continuity with, whose name you know and your name they know. And at that first point of contact with the tap of a finger inside of digital banking, you're already authenticated, live connected to somebody that you know who is empowered to resolve your moment of need at that moment in mm. real time, right? So think about what this means. We've always equated high quality engagement with face-to-face -face personal service, but to get that, you always either had to go to the branch or make your way through a call center then try to get bounced around to the right person. Now with what I'm describing to you, you can literally be connected virtually in real time and get that need, fear, question, or curiosity resolved. That's never been before in the history of banking. This is a brand new era of what I call personal digital. But because it's so new and because people still have not disabused themselves of equating digital with only self-service, a lot of people are A, not aware, and B, don't understand the monumental mile marker that this represents. Oh, absolutely. Maybe there's one place where it could blow over. You see, you're from the South. I'm from South Philly. 
the way it works there is this. Service? Yeah, service this, pal. And then... <laughs> Luke, we're much more polite in the South. We would never... We would, we're, we're much more passive-aggressive. You would never know explicitly that we're angry. Okay, let's say you're sitting down with a bank executive who says, Lee, you've got to show me how this is done. What are the first steps I need to take to make this happen? What would you tell them? When you explain to a bank that there is a way now to use technology to meaningfully translate personal service and trust inside of digital channels, they usually don't need much more convincing. But the thing that really seals it is when they understand that by doing that very thing, by reclaiming personal service and extending it inside the digital channel, not only at a rate faster than what they could do, obviously through the branch and the phone system, but at a quality that's higher. Let's go back to chatbots just for a second. I have never understood unsecured chatbots in the context of money. Any unsecured chatbot that you're asking like a first level service or support question to, here's the way that goes in a money context. Hey, ABC Bank, I have a question about my account number and immediately, do you know what the bank is bringing back to you in real time? Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. That's the first <laughs> thing they said. Don't mention your account number. Don't mention any personally identifiable information here. Stop what you're doing. Take this link so we can link you into an authenticated different medium somewhere else, which by the way, we will then start this conversation over again there, probably not with the person that you're talking to here, but with somebody else that you also don't know there, which by the way, cuts against every single expectation across every demographic and psychographic when somebody's in the moment of need right? I've never understood that. When you are in a crisis, which by the way, we are all in crisis now, what happens is that these things that used to be little mundane interactions become meaningful. The things that were conventional become exceptional. They become fraught in many cases with life or death. So if you're a small business and you can't get your PPP loan in a timely manner, that can be the life or death of your business, and by the way, that can be the life or death of the financial wellness for every employee who belongs to that business. The only thing anybody wants in those moments is to talk to a real live, preferably local human being that they know. And that can be accommodated inside the digital channels better and faster than we were ever able to do in a branch or even in and through a telephone channel. Let me throw something else out here that nobody's really thinking about. Everybody's just frustrated about how long they're on hold for these call centers. Call centers are secret, synchronous service architecture, meaning that one person in the call center can only talk to one other person at a time. But in a digital context, if Lou has a problem, taps, I need to have a conversation, and I'm working with Lou on his moment of need, and I'm researching things and we're going back and forth and I say, hey Lou, hold on just a minute and I'm gonna research this fraudulent transaction for you. While I'm away, I can actually entertain and begin another thread with another customer. And I can actually, depending on how good I am as a customer service rep in a digital medium, I can have two or three different asynchronous conversations going on with customers inside of their respective moments of need. So now we're talking about an order of not just speed, but efficiency of high quality engagement that cannot be duplicated in a synchronous sequential medium like a call center.
Does that make sense? That's why relying on call centers to service digital channels is just begging for bottleneck. And we're all experiencing that individually right now, not just with banks, but with all kinds of other service organizations. I called Target the other day because an online order that I had made to get some groceries delivered to the house, it was a 30 minute wait to actually talk to someone because there was a problem with that order on their end. So even Target's not ready for what I'm talking about. I don't know if you've experienced this too. I've ordered groceries from other stores and some of those stores are doing rate limiting now. So on certain products like toilet paper and sanitizing wipes and things like that, you can only get so much at a time or they may not be available just because of the demand. And if you've got an Instacart shopper inside of the store grabbing groceries for you and there's suddenly an item that's not there that you had included in the order, what has to happen? The Instacart person is immediately texting the person with the order saying, this item was not available. Do you want me to get this other substitute item for it? All that has to be negotiated in real time and in person through a texting medium. But because of the nature of that, it doesn't have to be secured or authenticated or encrypted or all of the rest of it, right? Mm -hmm. So we're seeing this all over the place. But what I'm describing to you is not just something that's going to revolutionize banking, especially community banking, as we've known it in the past. It's going to change lots of other verticals as well, who are painfully learning these things that I'm describing to you. Lee, what a great, great guest you've been on the podcast today. Some of the most hard-hitting, funny, and prescient observations I've had yet from any guest. Thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you, Lou. That's very kind of you. This was a lot of fun, and I look forward to us doing it again sometime. Lee Weatherington is the Director of Strategic Insight for Jack Henry and Associates. He is based in Smyrna, Georgia. Be sure to look for Lee on LinkedIn and check him out on Twitter at Lee Weatherington, L-E-E-W-E-T-H-E-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. You can also check out Jack Henry and Associates on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. Bankadelic. Sponsored by the William Mills Agency. For close to 40 years, the William Mills Agency has served hundreds of companies that provide a wide range of products and services in the banking, payments, mortgage, credit union, and related markets. The William Mills Agency is the largest provider of PR and marketing services for companies that market to the financial industry. For more information, visit williammills.com. Quantic is the adaptive digital bank that offers entrepreneurs, immigrants, millennials, low-income families, seniors, and others innovative banking products and services, which embrace the diversity of circumstances that exist in the lives of customers while elevating their financial strength. For more information, visit QuanticBank.com. That's Q-U-O-N-T-I-C Bank.com. And now, in honor of our guest from Lou's really lame Prince Imitation Department. Dearly beloved, we are here to get through this thing called banking, self-service, and chatbots. But we need a guiding angel to help us understand what those insights might be. I deliver to you Lee Weatherington with his daring rendition of... Three bullet points. No 
number one. You will never have a phone call between two real live people, a support call. And in the middle of that, have the person with the problem scream, chatbot, chatbot, right? But the opposite always happens because we design to the averages. Number two. We've always equated high quality engagement with face-to-face personal service. Now you can literally be connected in real time and get that need, fear, question of curiosity resolved. That's never been before in the history of banking. This is a new era of what I call personal digital. Number three. When you are in a crisis, which by the way, we are all in crisis now, these things that used to be little mundane interactions become meaningful, exceptional. So if you're a small business and you can't get your PPP loan in a timely manner, that can be the life or death of your business and the financial wellness for every employee who belongs to that business. And now, Lou's Views. While we've had fun today on this podcast, it's no laughing matter to take a look at the images so graphically captured on cell phones that depict the undercurrent of racism that still exists in this country and the scenes of violence that have come in its wake. Make no mistake, banks have been asked to do a lot and have largely delivered on the promise of helping small businesses arise from the COVID pandemic. With small businesses being looted, their windows destroyed, their possessions taken, the question arises, can financial institutions come back for an encore and help these business proprietors, the backbones of our cities and our economy, restore themselves to where they stood not all that long ago, ready to emerge from the pandemic and make a comeback? Whether the government chooses to help out or not with additional PPP funding, banks can take that first step. After all, financial institutions, small, regional, and even large, want to be a part of the communities they serve. What better way to do that than to promote, yes, healing, through financial assistance, through putting a stake and a foot into the communities most affected and say, we're here to help. We want to rebuild. Thanks for tuning in to Bankadelic. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault. Our producer in Chicago is Jenny Elman. Thanks again to the William Mills Agency for their generous sponsorship. Thanks also to Quantic. I'm Lou Carlozo. You can catch me on LinkedIn. And when I'm all done those Chicago dogs, I'll be linked out. Until next time, so long. Bankadelic is a production of Karma Productions Worldwide, Chicago. No, no, Atlanta, Atlanta. Representative, representative.